uh, Paul's seeking to answer. We pick this, uh, uh, this up in verse 10, and I, I just want to share with you this transition again, that Paul's talked about the one gospel, and then last week we looked at it briefly. Paul says, in verse 10, he says, For now, am I seeking the approval of, of man or of God? Am I, am I listening to what the, the popular opinion is, or am I trusting the God who has a plan? He says, or am I trying to please man? Uh, when you please man, you just kind of take a poll and you check in with people. And if they like what you're saying, you do it again. And Paul's saying, is this what I'm doing? Is this what you see me doing? And it's, it's a, a almost comical uh, question in the midst of him coming in so hot in verse 6 uh, and saying there's one gospel. I think the, the, the man uh, way to handle this, the popular opinion, is to say, just believe whatever you want, Right? Make up your own answer, and, and I'll, I'll say that's good. And, and I'll affirm you, and you affirm me, right? Uh, and Paul's saying, you know, I didn't say that. That's what it would be to please man. I didn't do that. And then he, uh, in end of verse 10, he says, If I were still trying to please man, I would not be a servant of Christ. Or you can also translate that word slave of Christ. Paul saw himself as a slave of Christ, that his life, his days, his hours, his, his faith was now all about him taking his life and serving as a slave would, a master, Christ who loved him so much. And so uh, this is what he says. And, and we see that, that he is a servant or a slave of Christ. He's not a political puppet He's not taking orders from some uh, handler. He's not following the opinions of man. He is a servant of Christ. Verse 11. For I would have you know, brothers. I I, I want you to, it it may not feel like a major point. Maybe it's not. But what did he call them? Brothers. What are brothers? Family, right? Right? Paul uses this uh, to talk about the family of God, believers in Jesus Christ, people in the church. As we come together, and we do this more in the south, if we were in the south, uh, where are we? Are we in the south? Southern California, kind of? Central California, right? Right. South and California is different than the south in our country, right? Um, but, But anyways... This idea of identification as brothers, brothers and sisters, family, is an identification as believers. And so I want to just remind you of this, that that as he writes to the Galatian church, I believe that he is not saying you're not a believer. He's saying you're doctrinally struggling. You need to get it together. Okay? So he identifies them. He refers to them as brothers. Brothers. That's verse 11. He says, Brothers, that the gospel that was preached by me is not man's gospel. And one writer said it like this. I think it's helpful to see. Uh, he's, he's saying, um, the, the gospel that I gospeled you with when I came, right? It, it, it's my message that I preached, right? But, but it's the, the good news message that I gave to you is good news. It's good news. This is what it is. 
And, and why is that so? This message, and it's different than what you think. It is not man's gospel. It's not man's gospel. Um, and, and I would say this. Paul's saying, Paul's saying, uh, I got the original. I got the original. When I came to you, the message that I shared was the original one time, all the time, forever gospel. Um, some of you have Rolex watches that you bought in Mexico. <laughs> and they were like 10 bucks. They were like 10 bucks. And you go, I can't believe I got this great deal. You know, these are $10,000, $20,000, and I got it for 10 It's fake. It's fake. Probably doesn't work. Or, you know... You scratch it and it, 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 the plastic comes off, right? Uh, and, and, and you know about like something that's a, a fake or a fraud. It's not something that's going to last. And Paul, what he's claiming here is this. He says, brothers, as the, the gospel that I came and brought to you is not man's gospel. I had the original. I had the original. And he's going to go on to describe that. The old original gospel that you heard from me, it's not man's gospel. Um, and, and the picture here is this, when he says, once again, he's saying, I, I, the gospel I shared and then man's gospel. There's two different things. And, and the reality is that what is man's gospel? It's a bunch of different things, right? It's a bunch of wrong answers. How many wrong answers can you come up with? Yeah. And, and what's funny about that is this. In a group like this, it, it, it's exponential, right? Right? That if we would say, what was the wrong gospel that you were following? I bet you we could come up with a, a, a bunch of different wrong answers, right? And they, they kind of fall into those two categories, works or who cares, right? The works or who cares. And, and, but there'll be variations of that, right? And they're all man's gospels, man's ideas. It's that, that thing that I asked about before. Where'd you get this stupid idea? And you say, well, I got it from a man. Who was the man? Well, it was a bunch of men, or it was a specific man, or it was me. That's where I got the wrong answer. And Paul says this, the gospel, the good news that I came and gave you as good news, I got the original. Verse 11, he says, it is not man's gospel. Verse 12, and uh, I want to say specifically, in this, in this book, the main wrong man's gospel is probably the most popular one. It's follow the law and then trust in the complete work of Jesus on the cross but you got to follow the law. Whatever the law is that you're following. We love to cling to something. We, we love to have a receipt in our pocket, right? We love to have a certificate that says we went through the program. And you say, well, how do you know you're good? I got the certificate. I, I got a picture of me doing something. I have some kind of checkoff of some authority, some man-person authority, right? 
I'm right because of that. And, and as they look at this in the book of Galatians, he, he, their answer, their man-made answer was follow the law and trust in the complete work of Jesus for your sins. I, I, I say complete work of Jesus for your sins. If, if the law, if you need the law plus the complete work of Jesus, it's not the complete work of Jesus, right? Do you get that? And this is what Paul is going after in this book and he's going to continue on in is that it's grace through faith. That's what it is. Both for salvation and every day after that. Grace through faith. Where did he get this? Where did you get this idea, Paul? Where did you get the good news? Verse 12. For I did not receive it from any man, any man, nor was I taught it, but I received it through the revelation of Jesus Christ. It doesn't have a human origin. Um, and, and Paul's going to go on to this more, but uh, he was, as you, as you look at this, he wasn't one of the original disciples. He wasn't, as Jesus left this earth, he wasn't deemed an apostle that you would now begin the church. He was the one that didn't fit in, right? He was the one that came later. And so it would seem as though if he got the message, he would have had to have gotten it from one of those original disciples, an apostle that had become, right? The ones that had walked with Jesus, and now they would have had to somehow disciple him and and work through this with him and make sure he's, you know, they would have, as we would do it today, they would have had, Paul would have had to gone through their book, right? Uh, the book that they had written, the things that they had thought of. And so Paul, he, he's, he's making a point, he's belaboring, he says, I, it doesn't have human origin what I got, and it wasn't another apostle. I didn't go to another apostle and, and sit under him and spend time with him and days and months and years. I didn't go to a school. I didn't go to a school. And uh, I remember my grandmother who um, was bar- you know, barely knew English, didn't know English very well. She was German and uh, she was at the latter parts of her life. She was uh, losing her mind. And my dad went to visit her and she would, he was trying to tell um, my, my grandmother about uh, what we were doing, my sister and I and he said to her, he says, yeah, Kevin's in school learning to be a preacher. And she said to him, she got this puzzled look, and she said, there's no school that can make a man a preacher. That's a work of God. And I thought that was so funny. Uh, she straightened out my dad, which few could do. Um, but, but the picture here of this is, is Paul's saying, look, this isn't a school I went to. This wasn't the idea that, that some school trained me to be a sharer of the gospel and taught me about this gospel. I didn't get it from a school. This isn't something that I got secondhand. This wasn't through the game of uh, telephone, right? That I ha- it was handed to me over and over again. It was given to me by the intention of the Father through His Son, Jesus Christ, the one whom I preach. Verse 12, he says, through a revelation of Jesus Christ. 
We know that, that Paul's, uh, and, and we're going to get into this, but I, I want you to see this. And I want to ask you this question. Do you think Paul was looking for Jesus? What you know of Paul, was he looking for Jesus? We'll just leave that one right there, okay? Was he looking for Jesus? We'll move on. It'll become more evident as we... So this first section here, we see uh, where did he receive this from Jesus alone, from Jesus alone. And then in verse 13, we begin to see Paul being a changed man, a changed man. Verse 13, and, and he begins to talk about the, this former life. For, for you have heard of my former life in Judaism. And, and we really get two things that he was about. He says, how I persecuted the church of God violently and tried to destroy it. Um, it, it it's interesting because in our culture today, the, the, we hate ideas. We hate ideas. We hate messages. And we maybe hate uh, clubs and, and, and the idea of uh, groups that we say, oh, I can't stand those people, whoever they are, because they believe that thing that I hate. Paul would have been able to say that, right? He would have said, you know, when I, when I think of people I hate, the church, the church of Jesus Christ. And so what did he do about it? And what did he do about it? He got in positions of leadership where he violently sought to exterminate the church. To snuff it out. And he says, you, you, you remember that, right? You had heard of my life, how I persecuted the church of God violently and tried to destroy it. Verse 14. And I was advan- advancing in Judaism beyond many of my own age among my people. So extremely ze- zealous was I for the traditions of my fathers. And so we see really two words here to describe his life is is violent violent opposition and zealous opposition. And I ask you again, was Paul looking for Jesus? Was he looking for a new gospel? I I would even ask you this. Did he want to abandon Judaism to be a Jew? Did he he say, "Ah, I'm kind of dissatisfied right now. I feel an emptiness in my soul. I don't think so. Um, so, so we look at this and we see in verse uh, 14, he, said, he, he says, what was he zealous for? The traditions of my fathers. It's interesting too that he says traditions of my fathers because what was that? What was that? That was passed down, right? That was passed down. It was passed down from his father and his fathers and you know, going on and so forth. He, he's claiming that what he found in Jesus was not like that. It wasn't a tradition passed down to him. And, and I would say this, traditions aren't bad. Traditions aren't bad that are passed down from your father if they're worthy, if they're worthy of your life. And so Paul, as he's describing this, he says, this was my life prior uh, that you may have heard about. Verse 15, verse 15. But when he who had set me apart before I was born and who called me by his grace, verse 16, was pleased to reveal his son to me in order that I might preach him among the Gentiles. Did you you read that? That's how Paul describes 
his newfound faith in Jesus. Let me, let me break it down for you. His life used to be violence and, and zeal, uh, but what has now happened, salvation comes to Paul. And, and you see here, as Paul describes, pre-salvation. Pre-salvation. That's the way I want to call it, pre-salvation. What did he say? He says, as he looked at his life, as he understood what God had done, that there was God, he who had set me apart before what? Before what? Some of you struggle with this, the issue of election. And I do too, and I do too, okay? But know this, that God was in charge before you were born. He knew about you. He had plans that you can't understand. And you say, well, how can that be? I thought I was in charge. You're not in charge, okay? You know, not, not of much, right? Like some of you can't even decide what's for lunch, right? Uh, I, I want you to hear this and I want you to embrace it. I, I'm not so concerned that you understand every in and out of it, right? But some of you fight on it, fight against it. I want to tell you don't. As Paul shares, he says this. And this is part of the, the, the glories. And, and by the way, I want to make a distinction here. What did Paul talk, if you could um, like characterize verses 11 and 12, what would you characterize that as? How would you describe that? I would say it like this. Those are all the great things that Paul had done. All the great things Paul had done. Violence and zeal. He thought he was doing what's right. He was following the traditions of his forefathers. And then Paul moves away from that and, and what is, can be characterized by this section, all the great things that God has done for Paul. All the great things. And, and what, what's the first one is that he set him apart before birth. Before birth. And, and what is this? Okay, he, he, verse... Uh, 15, he said, but when he had set uh, me apart before I was born and who called me by his grace, by his grace. It's interesting. He, he uh, sets that side by side too. Paul was talking about his works that he was so zealous for, that his works that he was trying to do more than everybody else and he was trying to be good and he was trying to take it to the nth degree what it was to be good and, and he was doing things that nobody else was doing. He was trying to do works. But he was now called and what was that calling by? Grace. It was not by his works. It wasn't by the great things that he could do. It was by God being kind to him in his sin, in his sin. And so as Paul describes this, he says, there's salvation for Paul. There was pre-salvation. God was doing work before I was born. And then he called me uh, by, by his grace, not by my smarts or my willingness or my zeal. And, and once again, I just ask you, was Paul looking for Jesus? I don't think he was. He wasn't dissatisfied with what the life that he had in Judaism. He just didn't know any better. And then God entered his life through his son, Jesus. It says this too, and I, I won't belabor this anymore. But what does it say? 
How does it describe this point of salvation? Verse 16, that God was, was pleased to reveal his son to me. Pleased to reveal his son. That God loved what he was doing as he entered into Paul's life. That he revealed the message of the gospel to him. And in the person of his son Jesus. And, and this is interesting to me. As he describes his salvation. He describes before birth. He, he decide, describes the grace, not the smarts or his even willingness. He, he didn't talk about his emptiness. He just talked about how Christ entered and called him. And as this was part of the good pleasure of God to, to reach out to him and save him, to reveal his son. And how does this end up? I give you a new job. I give you a new job. And what was his new job? He was no longer a Christian killer. He was no, no, no longer on the extermination team. He was, his new job was to preach the message of Jesus, the gospel, to the Gentiles. Who are the Gentiles? The non-Jews. The non-Jews. Everybody else. Everybody else. And so as we look at this, we realize why is much of what we look at in the scriptures written by Paul, why does it resonate with our hearts so much? Is because many of us are in this category. And so as we look at his salvation, we realize that he was set apart unto salvation, but also unto service. And I want you to get this. Um, your salvation is not just an end point. End point. Is that as God saved Paul, he wants to use Paul. And as he saves Kevin, he wants to use Kevin. And as he saves, insert your own name, he wants to use, insert your own name, right? And, and these are the purposes. And this is how we find fulfillment in this life. It's not in a, about chasing things and, and keeping busy and, you know, getting. It's about us serving, being the slave that the same one who called us unto salvation, and so as Paul shares this, uh, we look down um, in the middle of verse 16. He says that I might preach him among the Gentiles. He said, I did not immediately consult with anyone. Now he's back to it, right? I was this. God did this. And once I got saved, I did not go and say, hey, can I check my answers? Can I check my answers with you? Because I'm not sure I know what I'm talking about. He says, no, I, I did not consult with anyone else. As he goes on, he says, uh, uh, verse 17, nor did I go to Jerusalem to those who were apostles before me. That would have been the natural thing, right? As he thinks through the disciples, the apostles, the ones who are called to the similar office, he would say, oh, I, if I'm going to go check my answers, I should go, you know, up to Jerusalem, to the headquarters, Right? I should go to the place of schooling. I should go to the place of education. I should go where the big wigs, the big thinkers are, and check my answers. He says, no, I didn't do that. Um, but I went away into Arabia and returned again to Damascus. And, and the picture here is this. We don't know exactly what he meant, but uh, the idea of going out and about to the desert, maybe preaching and back to Damascus where he had uh, originally, he did not go to where the answer guys were. He went out uh, alone. 
Verse 18, and now we come to the apostolic or the apostles' conversation. Verse 18, and, and Paul, now he's going to chart what happened after his conversion. Verse 18, then after three years, three years. I think that's an important piece. Don't, don't move from there. Three years. Uh, Paul comes to faith. And, and you're saying, well, when's he going to check his answers? When's he going to go meet with the apostles? When is he going to uh, share his newfound faith? It says, verse 18, and then after three years, I went up to Jerusalem to visit Cephas, who is Peter. That's when I went. And when you think of Peter and you think of the New Testament, Peter and Paul, right? Peter and Paul. There are others, John. James even mentioned here, but they're the, the ones, you know, the one big teachers, Peter and Paul, right? And so now Paul is going to Peter. He's going to Peter, and he's now having this conversation that uh, maybe the Galatians were looking for, maybe the Galatians assumed already happened, and he, he's saying, where did you get this? He said, then after three years, I went up to Jerusalem to visit Cephas and remained with him 15 days, a little over two weeks. But I saw none of the other apostles except for James, the Lord's brother. Verse 20, if you, I, I want you to get this. And what I am writing to you before God, I do not lie. I'm not making this up. This is where this message came for, from. Verse 21. Then I went into the regions of Syria and Cilicia, um, and when I was still unknown in person to the churches of Judea and that in Christ. And, and, and we stop, let's stop at verse 23 right there. He says, before knowing him, the, the, this idea is, and you can picture this, and we, we talked about this last week, why would Paul not be trusted? Why would Paul not be trusted? Obvious reasons, right? Hey, you're the guy who killed, you know, my cousin who was in the church up there, right? I, I remember about you. Hey, you're that guy, right? And, and as they would have come, and, you know, I, I think that it's hard for us to imagine because we have the internet and we think we know people that we don't know, right? And we see pictures of them. And uh, if we would see them out and about in the big city of Tehachapi, we would say, oh, they're so-and-so, they're so-and-so. They had no picture of Paul. But they would hear a man coming and preaching, and they, he was preaching in areas, and, and as they heard him preaching the message, they'd go, who is that guy? And they'd say, his name's Paul. He used to be Saul. You're not talking about that guy, are you? Yeah, that's the guy. That's the guy that's preaching. And this is the picture for Paul. This is what he is describing to them. This is the, the course of his life from salvation now to this point. And as he's giving the, the background for the church at Galatia to the message that he preached to them. And in verse 23 and verse 24, it comes to a, a conclusion that says this. And this is Paul's testimony says they were they were only hearing it uh, said this is the the word about paul this is how people were talking about him verse 23 he being paul he who used to persecute us is now preaching the faith he once tried to destroy that was paul and as they heard him coming and preaching and then they seen 
saw the, the aftermath. It wasn't that Paul was saying, this is who I am. This is what people were saying about Paul. They were saying that the, the one who used to persecute us is now preaching the faith he tried to destroy. Verse 24, and they glorified God because of me. They glorified God because of me. That was his testimony. He used to be that guy. Now he's preaching the message he tried to destroy. And they were praising and glorifying God for the aftermath, right? The outcome of Paul's new faith. I want to give you three things as we close our time this morning. And, and, and really, we're going to move on from here. This is going to, this was part one. Part two is coming next week, and it's much of the same. But some, one question for you this morning as we kind of conclude our time is, is your life built upon the gospel of Paul? Is your life built upon the gospel of Paul? And I say it that way, the gospel of Paul, because the gospel of Paul is the gospel of Jesus. There's no nuance to that, that he got it directly from Christ. What is the role of an apostle? It's a messenger sent with a message. Jesus gave the message to Paul that he might share this message that we might know. From, we might hear from Jesus what the gospel is. Is your life built upon the gospel of Paul? And I'd say it this way, which is the same gospel as the gospel of Peter, the gospel of John and James, and the gospel of Jesus. It's the same one. Is your gospel the same? Secondly, I'd say this, uh, for identification purposes, the true gospel changes. The true gospel changes. It, it changes us. It changed Paul. In dramatic ways, right? It, it changes us in dramatic ways. It, it, it's effective. It's effective. And so a, as we look at this, as Paul was talking about the old life and now the new life, they were vastly different. They were vastly different. Why? Because Jesus changed them. Jesus changed them. And then lastly, I'd say it this way. God's work, God's plan, His glory. God's work, His plan, His glory. And you say, well, what do you mean by that? Well, how does this passage end in verse 24? That they glorified God, that they praised God. Why did they not glory or glorify Paul why didn't they why didn't they go oh Paul you're such an amazing man you, you have such strength of character to to change the way you are you you, you are so brilliant that you chose a, a new way having gone the other way how did you do that Paul said said it like this he says he set, apart me. he set me apart from birth, right? I didn't know about it. He knocked me down on the, on the road, right? I wasn't looking for it. I, I was zealous and violent, right? And he knocked me down on the road. He revealed himself to me that I might know, that I might know. And so I, I want you to get this. As you look from right to left and as you see people's lives change, as you see your own life change, 
What should your response be? Glorify God, right? Praise Him. Why? Because I would have never figured this out. I would have never figured it out. I, I wasn't even looking for it, right? I, I got a lot of wrong answers, but like I, I wasn't even looking for the right answer. And so in the end, as Paul, his life got interrupted and entered and changed and transformed by the gospel of Jesus, because it's God's work and His plan, it, it's His glory as well. We glorify Him. God, thank You for this morning and thank You for Your Word uh, as it shares with us the message we couldn't understand on our own. God, we, are, are, we rejoice with Paul at the changed life of his life going from darkness to light and being changed in a dramatic way. We praise You also for the lives here, our own lives as well, that You have changed us in ways we could not change ourselves. God, all praise to you. All praise to you. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.